good morning. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of April, 2018. Welcome back for episode 17 of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only podcast in the world dedicated entirely to autonomous cars. Today, Tesla takes three steps forward, two steps back. SF Motors prepares a 1,000-horsepower electric autonomous SUV, and a fully autonomous car gets pulled over and ticketed on the streets of San Francisco. All this and more, coming up right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. So, Tesla. Um, obviously, its stock has taken quite a beating. Uh, in fact, this is the lowest its stock has been in the last nine months. Now, taking a step back for a moment, uh, in February 2017, there was a question on Quora I answered, what are your predictions for Tesla stock in 2017. I had said something along the lines of, you know, sort of anticipating that. Oh, and by the way, obviously, I'm not trying to make any sort of stock forecasts. Obviously, a huge disclaimer is that you can and probably will lose money in the stock market. This is not advice, consultant attorney, blah, 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 yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, I had forecast back in February of 2017 that Tesla stock would hit something around $300 or more uh, in the first half of that year and that it would crest $400 uh, in early 2018 uh, once Model 3 cars started making their ways into customers' hands and driveways. Well, it turns out I was pretty spot on for the first for the first half of that, that prediction. Obviously, not so spot on for where Tesla is right now. Um, and the, the issue, of course, has been that Model 3 deployment has just been far lower than expected. That said, Tesla just made an announcement recently that they've that they're not going to need to take an additional round of uh, financing, either in the form of debt or equity, just sort of ordinary credit lines. Simply put, what this means is that Tesla is okay, financially speaking. Um, This, of course, largely sort of coinciding with their good news that uh, although still below their March target of 2,500 Model 3s rolling out, uh, they hit only 2,020. This, nevertheless, is a huge improvement to the close of 2017, when Tesla rolled out not even 800 Model 3s. So there's a real strong presumption that Tesla's stock price is linked or at least highly correlated with its rolled out Model 3 uh, production rates. Um, that said, obviously, I think you know, two other big elements uh, you know, contributed to the stock beating in the last couple of weeks. One, of course, the tragic Model X crash on the 101 freeway in Mountain View, just south of San Francisco, um, and the other, of course, the huge uh, recall for roughly 120,000 Model S's uh, prior to 2016, I believe it was, regarding a steering issue. Um, but uh, I think going forward, we will see that stock sort of rebound nicely as Model 3 production ramps up. Uh, real quick, speaking of the Model X accident, it looks like indeed the driver had been using autopilot. Uh, at least that seems to be the case. <clears throat> But what's interesting to note is that the driver had previously complained about autopilot not doing so well on that particular stretch of road. 
I don't mean this to sound glib, but as a sort of a, it has to be pointed out that this was an engineer working at Apple. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit hard to fathom that an engineer, especially knowingly using the autopilot system on a stretch of road where he had previous experience that it did not do so well, it's hard to believe he would have um, he would have used it. And in fact, moreover, that he would ignore the the warning by Tesla demanding that he take control, that he hold the steering wheel. So I don't know. There's a lot of sort of fuzzy facts around this. It's not entirely clear, but uh, the investigation is still ongoing. Tesla, of course, doing what it can to sort it all out, uh, announcing to the public what it's learning as it, as it gets it. Uh, the NTSB not so pleased about this, though, reminding Tesla, uh, you know, that this is an ongoing investigation. And frankly, you should kind of keep things under wraps. So we'll have more on this as we get it. Um, so that's Tesla. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, today, I learned a thing. There is, in fact, an all-new electric vehicle uh, manufacturer on the market. Well, almost on the market, anyway. Uh, SF Motors, based in Silicon Valley, just south of San Francisco. Well, they've just announced not one, but two fully electric SUVs, a midsize and a full-size, the first of which is slated to go on sale in 2019. For those of you keeping count, that's, that's just next year. Um... Obviously, we've been hearing sort of all sorts of new products getting ready to roll out from various manufacturers, some known, some, well, new ones altogether. But this one is especially interesting because, well, just check out these specs. So first of all, the two models, they're called the SF5 and SF7. I'm guessing perhaps the the numeral in those names reflects the seating capacity, five and seven passengers, respectively. Uh, no idea yet, though. Um, so check this out. So the both models will be configurable with anywhere from one to four different electric motors, presumably either one central motor driving all four wheels, uh, two motors, two for the front, two for the rear, as Tesla does with the D models. Um, not sure how you would configure it with three. I suppose you could have two motors, one for each of the rear wheels, with a third up front powering each of the, the front two wheels. And then, of course, a four-motor option, one motor powering each wheel. This four-motor version said to be producing a whopping, mind-meltingly, staggeringly high 1,000 horsepower. Uh, this, of course, is just kind of outrageous. I think the Tesla Model S P100D and Model X P100D, I think those top out at around 790-ish horsepower, give or take. Anyway, these are said to enable 60 miles per hour in less than three seconds, which again, if you're keeping count, is obviously bleeding fast, but not quite touching the, I was about to say ridiculous, the ludicrous rates of Tesla's Model S, which can now do something like 2.2 seconds. Um, although I guess less than three could could hit 2.2, couldn't it? Uh, in any event, it's going to have a liquid-cooled battery pack, promising more than 300 miles. What's curious, though, about this is that uh, SF Motors, they're taking a page from Chevy. Uh, yeah, that Chevy. Um, they're, they're saying that there's going to be an onboard range-extending 
power generator. Presumably this then will be just a regular gasoline motor used only to charge up the battery uh, pack, not to drive the wheels. So no locomotive performance from that generator. But I don't know. This this seems to me a bit, well, odd. A bit, I won't say backwards, but perhaps sort of sidestepping, sort of unnecessary. I mean, I get why... Uh, Chevy did this with their uh, awesome, frankly, the awesome Chevy Volt. Uh, I kind of get why BMW have done it with their i3, uh, and I believe their i8. Um, it's sort of a nice stepping stone to kind of ease into the market, if you know, including and especially if your electric offerings aren't really fully up to up to par. If you don't quite have the ability to eke out at least 300 miles of range, I, I get that. But here we've got some cars that are promising over 300 miles. I don't really see the reason to throw in an electric uh, generator in the form of an old gasoline motor. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's a bit silly, and I think it sort of uh, detracts from the, from what is frankly a really awesome value proposition, right? So I, I, I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. I, I just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, it kind of mm, taints an otherwise really spectacular looking product. So, um, and by the way, speaking of spectacular looking, I mean that quite quite literally. I mean, if you look at the photos of this thing, you can check out their website over at, um, well, sfmotors.com. I mean, this thing looks phenomenal. I mean, really properly amazing. Um, I should say I'm not too keen on the wheels, these sort of directional wheels, so to speak, that they, they kind of... Uh, the, the spokes of the wheels kind of rotate as if in the direction of motion. Uh, uh, Ralph Gilles from Fiat Chrysler Automobiles uh, head of design, uh, he, of course, really not fond of directional styled wheels. I tend to agree with him. I think they look a bit silly, um, or at least a bit cheesy, for lack of a better word. But the car as a whole does look phenomenal. I haven't seen any interior photos. I haven't, I guess, really taken a look. I will do and report back as I learn more. But anyway, keep your eyes on SF Motors. It really looks like a fantastic thing indeed. And in any event, it's exciting to see yet another product ready to roll out, offering proper competition to the likes of Tesla. And uh, of course, let's see, who else now? Jaguar have their new iPace. Uh, Audi, of course, announcing several products down the road. BMW as well. So this is a, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again, obviously, this is a really, really exciting time to be alive. So uh, let's keep our eyes on SF Motors. P.S. One more thing about SF Motors that, of course, I'd be remiss not to mention is the layer of technology it's providing with respect to any sort of autonomous driving functions. SF Motors is providing what it calls, quote-unquote, protective autonomy. Uh, Apparently, it's going to have a suite of sensors, including LiDAR, computer vision, and vehicle and driver monitoring. Uh, The vehicle itself will be updatable over the air, of course, with software updates, uh, there's no particular word yet on the level of autonomy it's going to provide. My hunch is that it should offer something at least on par with, with Tesla's autopilot. I would guess that this should be upgradable through level three and up to level four autonomy, I would guess, in the next uh, two to three years at most. So uh, obviously we'll provide more information on its technology suite for autonomous driving as it becomes known to me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So an autonomous car has been pulled over uh, on the streets of San Francisco. A fully autonomous Chevy Bolt by Cruise Automation uh, was pulled over and ticketed at Harrison and 14th Streets in uh, downtown San Francisco. Uh, Cruise Automation, of course, is the former small startup incubated out of Y Combinator, uh, into which GM, well, GM bought them for $1 billion, and they recently injected a further $100 million to roll out the consumer version, totally devoid of steering wheel and gas pedal, any sort of driver input whatsoever. Uh, these cars, of course, if you haven't seen them on the road, um, really cool things. I've seen them several times by day and by night. Uh, the Chevy Bolt already, and obviously very sort of spunky, uh, modern, uh, subtle pod-looking sort of vehicle, all decked out, kitted out with uh, LiDAR sensor suite on the roof. Really great-looking car, um, but now one's been pulled over. The issue apparently was that it had got too close to a pedestrian, which was apparently 10.8 feet away from the car when it began driving in autonomous mode across the intersection. I guess the issue was the, the officer thought the car had got too close to the pedestrian, citing the, the official vehicle code that says that you have to uh, allow the pedestrian to fully cross to the other side of the street. Um, I have to make a sort of a footnote here, a brief discussion. This is San Francisco we're talking about. This is downtown San Francisco. This is not some sort of uh, sparsely populated suburban or exurban neighborhood where streets are the size of freeways and, um, you know, there, there tends to be more sort of adherence to the letter of the law as far as, well, things like cars you know, giving X amount of space to pedestrians. I'm not suggesting for a second that cars shouldn't give full space, but if any of you have, you know, if any of you live in or drive through San Francisco, you'll notice that, well, I hate to sound cliche, but there is a bit more of a European vibe with respect to automobile pedestrian uh, tolerances, shall we say. I mean, cars kind of squeeze within inches of pedestrians all the time. That's just kind of that's just kind of an accepted convention in San Francisco for better or worse. So I do find it a bit surprising, a bit weird that, a, that an officer would take issue with a car turning through an intersection um, despite practically ample, if not legally ample, room between the car and the pedestrian. The issue being that uh, the driver should have waited until the pedestrian had not only crossed the center divider of that street, but also, in fact, made it all the way to the other side. Um, that just seems a bit surprising to me. I wonder if it was because, I, I, I don't know, I mean, it's fine to uphold the letter of the law, obviously, but I think there is something to be said for local customs and convention. Uh, and again, in San Francisco, that's simply not the case. Cars are always going within inches of, of pedestrians and pedestrians within inches of cars. So I don't know, that just kind of surprises me. Maybe, maybe the issue is he had noticed it was a self-driving car and just wanted to sort of drive home a point, pun intended. Uh, in any event... Obviously, pulling over and uh, citing a self-driving car, namely without a driver, would be a particularly interesting task indeed. Of course, there was a human backup driver in the car, so of course it was that backup driver human who received the citation, unfortunately. So, um, it, which kind of raises an interesting question going forward. How indeed are self-driving cars without human backup drivers, how are they going to be ticketed? I mean, obviously, the end game, the optimal end game will be that uh, fully autonomous cars essentially won't be able to be given tickets because they just won't break any rules. They won't get anything wrong. Certainly, they won't be getting parking tickets. It's highly improbable they'll be getting any moving violation tickets. 
So, you know, which human will be responsible or indeed will the company itself be? And we've certainly talked and, you know, talked about this in the past. My suspicion is that, you know, initially it's going to be the, the it's going to be the, the person to whom the autonomous car is registered, even if that person is not driving it at all. But I do think that car companies are going to step it up a notch rather like Volvo. Uh, I should say taking a page from Volvo's promise that um, they will claim full liability for anything and everything that goes wrong with an autonomous car. So I think, yeah, initially the person to whom the car is registered, they will indeed be fully liable for any sort of moving violations. But I think what we're going to see is car companies stepping in to kind of offload that responsibility from people. So uh, there you have it. The first... uh, First example of a fully autonomous car being ticketed here on the streets of San Francisco. So there you have it. That's a wrap for episode 17 of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. As a reminder, if you like this episode, please be sure to upvote it and share it with your friends and colleagues. Uh, You can listen, of course, on Apple iTunes podcasts. Of course, if you're listening directly on anchor.fm, where I record these episodes, uh, you can leave me a voicemail to which I promise to respond and engage you in a lively two-way conversation because, of course, that's the point of this whole podcast. Um, you can, of course, reach out to me directly on Twitter. I'm Mark Hogue. That's M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. Uh, and that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>